it's, it's pretty amazing. All that took place, all of chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, all seven chapters were building to chapter 8. What I love about, and, and, and many of will say that, that Romans chapter 8 is the number one chapter or the most important chapter, key central to the entire gospel, to all the scriptures. I've always said if I could only have one chapter out of the book, it would be Romans chapter 8. The cool thing about Romans chapter 8, it, it begins with there is therefore now no condemnation, and it ends with there is absolutely nothing that can separate me. That about got me this morning already. I ain't even getting started yet. Just thinking about the love of God and that nothing can separate us. But the devil, he'll try. You know, here's the thing. I believe Romans chapter 8 is, 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 is God removing all the limits, the things that keep us from walking in the fullness of what God has for us. See, there's a life that Jesus came to give. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life more abundant. And that word life is zoe It's in, in the Greek. It's a Z-O-E, and, and it's Strong's number 2222, two, 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 four twos. And you know what it means? It means expressing all the highest and best that Christ is. That's the life. He wants the best and all that Christ is. He wants us to live in that. And we have an enemy called the devil who is out to steal, kill, and destroy and keep us from that. And I can tell you uh, there, there's something about living this life over time that just transforms us and changes us. I wish I could fix every one of your problems in just one snap of the finger. I wish that just making Jesus Lord was all you ended up having to do. And it is for salvation, for eternity. But the life that we live now is, is determined by how much of the Word we'll receive and walk in and how well we push away the enemy to keep him from holding us down. He'll use people. He'll use our thoughts. He'll get our flesh in the way. He'll do all kinds of things to cause us to be less than who we want to be in, in Christ Jesus. Look at that verse 1. He says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we just spent seven chapters talking about how to know and be confident in that we're in Christ Jesus. It's not conditional on us. It is receiving what Jesus did. We're going to talk about a new way to live, a, a life in, in the Spirit. We're going to talk about some of that as we go through. If you've got your tab in there, and hold your place in Romans chapter 1 and go over to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter is way towards the back. If you, you hit Hebrews, keep going, keep heading towards Revelations. You're getting close. 2 Peter chapter 1 is some familiar scriptures. I taught on this one morning last week on our High Call uh, Morning Facebook. and uh, But I, want, I just want to read through these real quickly. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Now this knowledge he's talking about is not just head knowledge, just not, just not learning, you know. You go to school for learning, you know, you get, that's a kind of country term, but, you know, we get, we get our, our, our school, our book learning. Book learning about the Bible is nice. It, it can help you. 
But that, this is God's Word spoken. What we're talking about is a revelation knowledge or a revealed knowledge so that we begin to see God not only having spoken His Word, but speaking to us now. That's what we talk about, rhema. That's what we talk about, that living word, a specific word to a specific individual for a specific situation. When we begin to gain an understanding of what God's saying to me now, it won't be different, but it'll bring me into this Scripture. It'll bring the Scripture into me. It's like the vine and the branches. It's, it's like Jesus talked about over there, and I think it was John chapter 15, where, where, where He talks about, I'm the vine and you're the branch. I love that. It makes it real clear. Cody, you're a branch. You need pruned once in a while. <laughs> you need trimmed on a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, and Tammy said amen. But, uh, but, 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 but I've watched what God's done in him. I've watched what God's done in you and in you and you and you and you. I'm seeing it in all of us. We all need, by the way, we all need pruning, right? That's how we grow. That's how we get better. I didn't say we need condemned by the devil. I didn't say we need whacked over the head. Some of you might need to be taken out behind a woodshed once in a while. Try not to look at anybody specifically, you know. I guarantee you, I remember one time I was, I was struggling, struggling, struggling with, with walking this walk. I so wanted to walk according to the Spirit. And I remember I was probably 21 or 2, 3, something like that. I don't know. But I was driving to a meeting where there was a man of God, Charlie Rogers is his name, a man of God that spoke a word of knowledge once in a while to, to people in the service, at, you know, and, and I was going there, and I was, Sue was stay, stayed home. I don't remember if Kelsey was even born. I don't remember if we'd started him. I think it was before I'd even started in ministry. But I, I, I was driving, and me and God were having us a conversation. And I remember driving over there, and, and I, I don't remember what I was driving, but I remember looking up the ceiling, and, and I remember going through those black, dirt roads, or not dirt roads, but black, blacktop roads in the country, and I, it was in the wintertime. It was already dark, and I'm headed there, and I'm having this conversation with God, and I said, God, you know, I don't, I don't even remember exactly what I said, but when I got there, at the end of the service, he said, if you want prayer, you come forward. And I came forward, and he said, what do you want from God? And I said, I want discipline. And he said, well, you want me to use your belt or mine? <laughs> and I went, I don't mean I want whipped. I said, I want to not fail. I want to quit falling to sin, and I want to I get there, God. And, you know, I was really doing pretty good. And honestly, I was in the middle of nowhere 90% of my time. Nobody saw me fail, but maybe a couple of hired hands. Maybe my little brother, my stepdad, maybe once in a while my wife. I could hide it from her pretty good. But you know, it didn't matter because in me, I was dealing with it. And the devil made sure and wore me out. And I don't remember exactly what Charlie said. But Charlie said, I do remember, he said exactly what God and I had had a conversation about, except he answered the questions. And he gave me a confidence to know that I didn't have to take the, the condemnation the devil was bringing on me. See, because this teaching, well, wow, I just, I started the book of teaching the book of Romans, and I've been waiting for eight weeks to get to Romans chapter 8. 
Because there is nothing that is more valuable, I think, as I feel like as believers, is to get these, these verses kind of understood, kind of understood, because I, I'm still, I've been in this for 30-some years. That was probably 35 years ago or so that I was asking that. And I'm still, it never gets old to love on God and pursue Him, and, it, and I never get to the end of understanding how great He is and how valuable He is to me. As I, as I look at this, he says, grace and peace is yours through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I just keep hungering and thirsting for that, that knowledge. I keep growing in that knowledge. I keep wanting to know more and more because one thing I have absolutely figured out is that when we give our life to Jesus Christ, the challenges don't just fall off, but the expectation and the ability to succeed and walk through, we get to verse 37. And that's that we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And all these things, we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Now you who are reading ahead to verse 37, quit and just wait. <laughs> we'll get there. Right, we won't get there this week, but I, I, know, I want you to know that. Now, one of the things that God does is notice what He says in verse 3. Verse 3 of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through, the, through our knowledge of Him who's called us by His own glory and goodness. Shows you who's the glory and goodness, how we're called, where we're getting it. But I love that He says, the, the divine power has given us everything we need. The divine power of God at work in us through the Holy Spirit and all that Jesus did, and then us understanding through the knowledge of Him. We're gaining. The Holy Spirit just continues to lead us, guide us, direct us, reveal to us what is it about that I need? What is exactly the word that I need? Verse 4 says, Through these He's given us everything, every great and precious promise, so that through them we can, be particip we can participate in the divine nature and having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. You know, that just paints a picture of a transformed heart. Our desires begin to be different. Things begin to change. But it's through an understanding of who God is and how He's working from the inside out. How He begins to transform us. So that begins to be our pursuit is, is God show me what your great and precious promise is for this situation in life. What's the word I can stand on? What out of this, out of this book... Can you speak alive specific to me for my specific situation in this time so that I can absolutely have faith to know that what I'm believing for, what I'm standing on, what I'm praying is right? What precious promise did you give? We can participate in the divine nature of God. We can escape the, the corruption in this world. Every once in a while, the corruption in this world will just get all over you. Every once in a while, it'll affect you. It'll cause you to, to, to take a, a detour you didn't want to take. Slip off in the ditch like I, I used the illustration that one, that one day. Every once in a while, you're driving on a muddy road and you can't stay in the middle of the road. If you can stay on that peak, you're all right. But if you slip off in that ditch, then sometimes you've got to be pulled out by something greater. But here's the thing. God's Word will pull us out. Now, let me ask you a question. What is your image of Jesus? How do you see Him? Because this is going to determine your future in a lot of ways. How do you see him? Is he, is he just a character from the Bible? Is he just a good man? Is he, is he a savior on the cross? See, the reason I don't, I don't 
wear a cross with Jesus on it because Jesus ain't on it. He died and he rose again. Thank God that's where the victory is. That's, that's my, my stance. That's why we show an empty cross because of what Jesus did after that sacrifice. We remember the suffering. We remember him being crucified. We need to understand. We, we're going we're to remember that through Easter time, through Resurrection Sunday. We're going to recognize what he, the sacrifice, the brutal beating of the, and, and the cross. But yet we're going to remember the fact that he rose again. How do we seem? Do we seem as a, a, an advocate, our advocate at the right hand? On our behalf, going to the Father. Do we seem as, as the one who, who overcame everything the devil threw at us or at him? Do we see him as one who walked in total command of everything? Do we see him as the great I am? You might have heard my, I taught one time about the, the great I am, that Jesus is the great I am. Us understanding of him as I am. How did he respond whenever he was walking on the water and the disciples said, is, is that you, Jesus? Or, or they cried out, they're wondering who he is. And he says, Be, do not fear, it is I. And, and you know what that means in the, in the original text? It means I am. Translators didn't know how, what to do with that, really, I guess. So, so they said, he, he said, it is I. But really what he was saying is, I am. And he was saying the same type of thing that God told Moses to tell the, the children of Israel and Pharaoh and anybody else who questioned his authority. He said, I am sent you. I always struggled with what that meant. But I heard a guy say one time, I am whatever you need me to be. I am without limitation. I am what you, oh man, I, I, that changes my perspective whenever I realize that I have the great I am with me, for me, in me. I'm telling you, makes you makes you totally change how you approach the world and life and problems. The fears begin to melt away when you see the I am. Because what happens is then you take the limits off. And that's what we've been, what the chapter 8 really talks about, I believe, as much as anything. Chapter 8 tells us how to walk in victory, the victory that Jesus delegated to us. Actually, we, we, you know, sometimes you, you hear the, the, the phrase, the sky's the limit. And you know what? We shouldn't even, we shouldn't even use that. We, we shouldn't even use that phrase, the sky's the limit, because with God, all things are possible. John Mason said in his book, You Were Born an Original, Don't Die a Copy, he said, no one can put limits on you without your permission. Now think about this. Are you letting someone put limits on you? I remember sometimes sharing my, my dreams, my goals, my visions, sharing what I saw myself doing. You know, I remember when I first started seeing myself preaching, I'm driving around on that tractor feeding those cows, and I'd be listening to teaching, listening to the Word of God, growing, praying, talking to God. And I'd start to see myself preaching. I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't have any desire, zero desire to be a preacher. Never wanted, I, I was never comfortable in front of, up, up in front of a crowd. Now, life at a party, telling jokes, having fun that way, that's different. I, I love that. But don't, don't expect me to stand up especially and speak for God. But even just speaking, to, I, I never would. I, I was sentinel in the FFA, and I held my one line or two lines in my hand, 
because at some point in there I had to say, I stand by the door, and I don't remember the rest of it, but yeah. Okay, you, 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 can, you can stand up and say that. No, you can't. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I had to come to an understanding, but there were plenty of people who said, oh, no, oh, no. But, you know, there wasn't that many people that said, oh, no. There was more of the voices in my head saying, oh, no, you can't do that. You know, I always say there was, there was three or four, mama being one of them, but there were three or four little old ladies. They were older than, than my mom at the time. When I first began to minister, began to preach, began to do anything, they just sit there and cheered me on. They were neighbors. They were people. There was, you know, 15 or 20, 25 people coming to the glory barn at the time. When I first started, the pastor left, and I said, okay, I guess I'll, I'll teach. I'd been teaching a Sunday school class, and I, I began to preach. And when I'd stand up there, I knew they knew more about the Bible than I did. Every time I'd say something, I'd wonder, you know, well, or, you know, I wonder if they, how, how, how they're critiquing me. And they'd always just love me. And I always said that those ladies, most of them, I believe maybe all of them, have now passed away just in, in the last few years. But there were certain floor Rob and, and uh, Grace Hegler and uh, Ivans, um, Frankie Joe. Those three ladies in particular, and there were some men, but they'd always just brag on me. They'd always just prop me up, and they'd always just know. I always said everything that I ever do in ministry, I believe they're getting credit for. Because they wouldn't let me see myself as unable. But see, here's the thing. There's always also other people, and there's things that begin to say, well, you can't, you're not very good at speaking. My sister used to go, I don't know what happens when you get in the pulpit, but you can't carry on a conversation the rest of the time. Like, Thanks, sis. I appreciate that encouragement. Something like that is what she said. She was trying to say, man, you know, it's amazing what happens when God transforms you. But see, here's the thing. Who do we give permission to, to set limits in our lives? We need, to, we need to go before God and not allow that to happen. Let's go back to Romans chapter, chapter 7, and we're going to read just a couple of verses before we get to actually back into Romans chapter 8. Laying all this foundation for these first few verses of Romans chapter 8. In verse 14, Romans chapter 7, verse 14. He goes through, in fact, I'm, I may summarize this because, in fact, I'm going to because all he says is over and over again. For verse uh, 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. Verse 15, I do not understand what I do, for I want to do what I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And he says that over and over in the next few verses again and again. I don't do what I, what I want to do, and I do what I don't want to do. And he just goes on and on and on and says it about, I mean, over and over, the same things. And he says, verse uh, 23, But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work in me. What a wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Paul's just saying, look, I failed. 
And, and I think he's, it's resonating with every one of us. It was resonating with me. It's, it's resonated with me before. It was such a struggle that I had to say over and over again, what a wretched man. I'm, back then, I'd, I'd say, God, I just can't do this Christian thing. I can't be good enough. That's why I came to Romans chapter uh, 8. But look at verse, chapter 7, verse 25. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus our Lord. Notice the Apostle Paul didn't stop there. And that's what is so rich about this and that every believer has got to get settled. It's not up to us. We've got to put in our effort. We've got to show up. You can't receive it if you don't go. But all we've got to do, we've got to remember who that one who saves us is. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I want you to see a transition. So now verse 8 jumps in, and verse, the very first word is therefore. And what we've got to ask ourselves is, what is it therefore? Huh. He's talking about everything that has come through. We've come through all these chapters, seven chapters. He hammers, down, hammers into our minds the understanding that we are without God. We are, we are sinners in need of a Savior, but with God. Through His grace, His love, His mercy, Jesus took care of sin. He overcame the law. He defeated death, hell, and the grave, and He gave it to us. Therefore, verse 1, Romans 8, 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That word now is, is, is an interesting word. And it means a new beginning because we're in Christ because he says now. See, this is, this is what we have to settle by faith in what Jesus Christ has done for us is that God, no matter what my past has said, maybe just 10 minutes ago, has said when we, when we give our life to Jesus Christ, when we truly begin to follow him, when we, when we settle the fact that I am in Christ because, God, your word says that if I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that, the Lord, that, that Jesus is the Christ and that God raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. And here's, the, here's one caveat to that. I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, and I pr profess that to men, to people. And, and you know, one of the I heard a preacher. I don't know. I was watching something on my phone. I don't even remember, I don't even know who the guy is. But he made a he made a point. He said, "It's more than just praying that prayer, saying those words. Do you follow Jesus?" I was watching. We've never gone through the the chosen. We were trying to what we were watching watching that and going. I'd watched part of it, but anyway, I was going back through. And and I just love the, the the time where they call where he calls Peter and Andrew and James and John. I, I just love that because Jesus says, "Come follow me." And Peter was a absolute mess in that. I mean, the way they portrayed him was. I always knew he was a mess, but boy, he was a mess. He was a mess. But you know, it gives us all hope that the more of a mess we are, maybe the more God can use us. I don't know. Let me say, boy, there's hope for me. Some of say, but 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 don't but understand too that you don't have to be a mess in order to do something for God. Okay, <laughs> so so don't go be a mess and then you know okay, okay you got it. 
But I'm, 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 I love the fact that they, they, they left all and they followed him. That's, the, that's what we got to see. That's what we got to do. Now there's no condemnation. So here's the thing that we got to understand or we, or we begin to walk in. Think about this. You're, you're united with the resurrected Christ when we make Jesus Lord, when we're in Him. Because of this, we are born again. We have supernatural power, the supernatural power that raised Jesus from the dead, living and working on the inside of us. I mean, getting that image and seeing God the way we need to see Him, that He is the victorious Lord who has extended to us the gift of salvation, His grace and His mercy. Now, verse 2 says, because through Jesus Christ the law of the Spirit who gives life has set us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to be sin, a sin offering for us, or be, be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might uh, be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. You know, being born again happens in a moment. But here's the thing I, I saw in some commentary I was reading. But becoming like Christ is a lifelong process. This is why I do the morning Bible studies, Monday through Friday. Because I know built over time, that's where, what we begin, be good at. Little by little we hear the Word. Little by little we apply what we hear. Little by little we grow. Little by little. And as you fall down, get up. How does Hadley... Just getting, getting to walking good, turning loose, walking around. I come in here this morning, there's all these little babies back there. Jay was watching over them, and, and here, here was Hadley. She had her old athletic, I called it the athletic stance. I think it was, maybe I won't fall if I stand like this stance, but I called it the athletic stance. She was ready for action. But you know what? You don't, you don't just take off, right? There's a process. You start trying to set up. First of all, you just hold your head up where, you know, you're not worried about, you know, they just, they gain strength. And then they set up and then they crawl. Well, you know, you could go through, you could go way back, they rock and they, and they, they waller around and they switch from stomach to back or back to stomach. They, all of that's part of the process. And then they begin to crawl and then they begin to pull up and then they begin to turn loose. And then all of a sudden they begin to walk and it's like, uh, then it all, it's, a, it's like, whoo, after that, Lord have mercy, right? It's good stuff. But look at that process. We all just want to jump up and walk, man. And I'm going to tell you what, but I'm going to tell you what, with all the growth and all the example, all the things, think about all those processes. What are they doing as they learn to roll, as they learn to sit up, as they learn to pull up, as they learn to crawl? They're strengthening themselves to do the one thing they desire to do and we can't wait for them to do, and that's to walk and then run and then do other things. And all of that process, that's the life of God. You want to be the person who's up here, but you got to understand there's the value, and God absolutely loves it. We love every part of that as parents, right? Especially grandparents. We like it even more. And you know what? Here's the thing. We want to progress faster, but there's some things that only time gets us to. 
Being born again happens in a moment, but being, being, becoming like Christ is a lifelong process. And you know what? The more you understand that and the more you value that, the more God is also preparing you to be able to minister to somebody else. I talk about things I did in the beginning when I, when I was living for God and, and, and talk about them way off a long ways back. But I, don't, I didn't forget them. And you know what? It, it didn't necessarily mean that there wasn't a, a, a time or season along the way that was even a challenge. It continues to be. It, it doesn't necessarily completely end, but it gets easier and easier. And the devil begins to, be, to fight less and less hard because he figures out he's not going to win. But as long as he can get you for a moment, he's going to stay after you. But here's the thing. God also, in his grace and mercy, comes and rises to, to the occasion to carry us through those things. Look at, look at, hold your place there, and we're going to come back, but go to Galatians chapter 5. Man, we're still just introducing it. We may not even get to my other points this week. But you know what? I love this. Because every bit of this is so incredibly valuable. Galatians chapter 5, if you don't have this underlined, marked, circled, you need to have at least parts of it. So write up. The, I, I, at times there are certain key scriptures that I don't know where they're at or whatever. I'll write at the top of my Bible. The fruit. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. We're talking about walking according to the Spirit. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Forbearance, or the King James says long-suffering, I believe. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking or envying each other. Notice, notice what he says in verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with Him. Boy, I remember so desiring to be led of the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. Never fall to the flesh, but, but, but more, even more than that, begin to, to walk in, in the Spirit. And I begin to pursue this, and over time... I've, I've gained a lot of understanding and a, a good handle on that. But part of this is staying in step with God. Learning to be patient, learning to follow Him. That was not easy for me. I'm not, a, not naturally a patient person. And yet God with God and in, in the, in the strength of the Holy Spirit that, that I have an ability to, to be gentle, but to be faithful, to, be, to have self-control. You know, the thing is we, we a lot of times know love, joy, and peace. And, and that's, our, that's our, our, our pursuit. And I believe they're highly important. They're the first three that, that are listed. But just as valuable in the right time or in certain times as forbearance or long-suffering. Just as important as, as kindness. And, and if we want, to, we want people to see Jesus in us, kindness may be some of, one, of the, one of the greatest things that we demonstrate. You don't have to be an old crabby person in line. You don't have to chew on the cashier. You don't have to gripe and moan and be, be a grumpy with a customer service person. I very, I'm, and I'm, I very rarely get on the customer service, but normally the person in customer service is, is very, very seldom the, the person who caused the problem. 
They're just a poor person in between that has to listen to people gripe at them all day. And I very rarely feel like I've ever gotten more by being a, a jerk. Maybe that's what kindness is, is not being a jerk. I don't know. I don't think that's very theological. <laughs> I don't know what that looks like. And, and, and here, let me back up to say I don't always operate perfect in that. There's been times. But you know what? Whenever we walk in, 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 with, with God, it, it doesn't mean you have to be weak and get run over either. I mean, you, you can stand your ground. You can hold your ground. You can be strong and not have to be, you know, I mean, you, you can do. But, but the main point I'm wanting to make, I'm not really picking on anybody. I, I wasn't thinking of anybody in particular. These, yeah, good. These, these, the ability to have long-suffering kindness, goodness, and boy, then there's that big one of faithfulness, gentleness, meaning meekness, I think, is another word that's plugged in there a lot of times, and it's strength under control. Gentleness or meekness is not being weak. It's being having strength under control. You, you have those graces. I'm sure as the doctor, I'm seeing Sarah back there. You know, as, as a doctor, somebody who has meekness or, or, or the ability to have, be strong and say what needs to be said without, without but yet have bedside manner, have the ability to, to communicate. Being a buffer sometimes, being, being able to handle those things, that, that's something, that's a fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. But here's the thing that all of these, when we begin to recognize a walking by the Spirit, because that's really what we're talking about, living a new way in the Spirit, is, they be, is recognizing where they come from. They come from the Holy Spirit on the inside, and they work from the inside out. All of a sudden, love doesn't, is not conditional. I love you when you, you know, it's, I had to learn this in marriage. I don't love my wife because she does exactly what I want her to do. Sometimes she says no, or sometimes she does her own thing, or sometimes she doesn't put me first. Not very often, but once in a while. And I don't worry about that. I, I just love her anyway. I had to learn that, though. I had to let the love of God on the inside. What, what about loving somebody who disagrees with you? What about loving somebody who's totally different from you? Somebody comes into the, to the church, or somebody's in, in your family that is totally different from you. Listens to different music, dresses different, totally different. Love says, I'll love you in spite of, of that. I'm not going to let that be in the difference. Doesn't mean we always agree or allow or accept everything else. That's the world's twist on it that gets off of the things of God is that we just have to accept everything as right. Now, I'm, I'm not going to get on that much, but, but there's a difference. How about joy? Joy from the inside. Joy says, I'm full of joy regardless of what happens out here. You're not going to steal my joy because you're whatever. I'm not full of joy because the, the, the wind's not blowing and it's, a, and it's 75 degrees or whatever your favorite temperature is. I can have joy when I go out there and, and it's, uh, you know, 20 or 15. We've had several Thursdays. seems like beautiful. And then Thursday for the sale, it's like nasty weather. But, you know, I come with the same attitude. 
Because it's on the inside. It's not based on, oh, it's cold and, it, and, and, and whatever. You, you, you can choose coming from the inside. See, when we're born again and we, and we transition from living by the flesh to living by the Spirit, all of a sudden those things begin to change. Notice, well, I, I'm not going to turn there for sake of time, but 2 Peter chapter 1, you, you could throw up verse 5. He says, make every effort to add to your faith all these things. If you're taking notes, write down 2 Peter chapter 1, because I, I stopped at verse 4. But we go back to verse 5. For, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. He's saying add the fruit of the Spirit. Add the things that are spiritually good. Add these things. And then he goes on, and, and, and I, I wrote down James chapter 1, 22 through 25. He says, don't just hear it, do it. And we're not going to turn there. Now think about the differences in their life. And this is the great transition that's happening from all these chapters into chapter 8, is that God is transitioning, the Apostle Paul writing it, but God is transitioning them from one place to another. Paul describes the life of knowing Jesus. Now, how, how do we live in this new way? And I'm, I'm not going to get into these today, but I'm just going to mention this first, first one because we've, we've talked about it so far. Is we got to, The number one thing of how to live a new way in the Spirit is to be free from the limits of condemnation. See, we'll all miss the mark at times, but we've got to not let it stop us. Let's go to, I'm going to close with this, Romans chapter 8, verse, verse uh, 4. And, and as he puts that verse up there, verse four, Romans chapter 8, verse 4, he says, In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be, might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, I did something in my Bible. I just circled in us who... So I'm, not, I'm, I'm taking out the part that talks about the flesh, and I'm just emphasizing what he really is trying to get across it says, in us who live according to the Spirit. might be kind of hard to follow that, but what I did is I just, I just circled right there in the middle, in us who, and then I circled the word live, live, and then I circled according to the Spirit. That's my goal. That's the goal of Romans chapter 8 is we want to transition from living after the flesh, living after head knowledge, doing everything by performance, doing everything by works, to following and flowing with the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead, to guide, and direct us, to get into a place that I'm, I'm in step and in pace with God, with the Holy Spirit. That He's the fruit of the Spirit is, is, is working from the inside out, causing me to, to, to have an ability to love an ability to have joy, an ability to have peace, to, to be long-suffering, to enable me to be kind, to, be, to enable me to be good or have goodness, to be faithful and have self-control, to have those things at work in me. I want to live according to the Spirit. Life comes from the Spirit. Sin's judgment was on Jesus, and therefore all your past is dealt with, and now is a new day. We're now free.
We'll wrap that up and we'll come back and we'll finish up on this next week. This may take us three weeks just to get through chapter 8. Might take four, I don't know. I'm not in a hurry because to me, this right here gets us in a place where we can successfully walk with God. Because when we can settle, there's no condemnation going to keep me away from running to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep running to God because there's no, no, no condemnation that's going to keep me out. Let's stand and let's, let's just pray and settle this in our minds. Lord God, I come before you today, and we, we, we come before you today. And Father, we just praise you and we thank you that, that there's no... The payment for our sin was complete in Jesus. That Lord, as we, when we receive Christ, we are a new creation. Our born-again spirits are made new in a moment. But Lord, the sanctification process, the setting apart, the transforming of our lives comes over time. But Lord, I thank you and I praise you that our requirement is simply come to you and not let anything separate us from the love of God. But Father God, that first step is to receive by grace and mercy your, your love, your blood to cover our sins. And that when we sin, we fall short of, of meeting the mark that, Lord, we simply repent, confessing our sin to you and receive by faith what you said, which was forgiveness. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you that that gives us right standing with you. And Lord, in that, that we'll begin to walk led by the Spirit of God. We'll, we'll begin to walk a life that's different. That we'll begin to walk a life that, that enables the fruit of the Spirit to work in us. That we'll have a love and a compassion and all the fruits of the Spirit at being at work. And we'll make every effort to make those right, to bring those to the forefront. But Father, we know that it's only through you that we do it. So Lord, we ask today, Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In fact, if you're there sitting in your, in your seat and you just desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be, to be empowered by God, that you be strengthened with God. In fact, on a regular basis, I'll say, Lord, fill me afresh. Fill me anew. And there's something amazing that begins to happen because the Spirit of God in us begins to, to rise up. And so, Father, I praise you and I thank you for those who seek you, find you. That's your promise. Those who seek will find. And so, Lord, we commit this day to seeking you. And, Father, if there's anybody who's not sure they're born again, I thank you, Father, that they'll contact us so we can pray with them. And I pray that you'd come forward if you need Jesus, if you've never prayed to prayer or you're not certain, so that I can pray with you after the service. Get a hold of me. Contact me. Let's get together so that you can absolutely know. And in the meantime, Father, we just entrust, I entrust these people to you. I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.